My name is Jared Oliphant, and uh, welcome to Reform Forum. We have a great interview lined up. We are talking to a couple guys. I want to introduce uh, Jamar Tisby, who is associated with Reformed African American Network and a student at RTS Jackson. Uh, welcome, Jamar. It's great to have you on. Thanks, Jared. Good to finally do this. Yeah. Uh, his partner in crime, I have to my <laughs> left here, uh, Philip Holmes, who is also of Reformed African American Network. And um, I'll let you guys say your titles in a second. But you're also a student at RTS Jackson, right? Correct, correct. Yeah, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Glad to be here, man. Finally, glad we made this happen. Yeah, this is a long time coming. This is a long time coming for sure. Um, I initially met these guys at Legacy, and uh, we've been trying to set up this interview for a while just to let you guys, the listeners, know what is going on with the website, with the organization, who's involved, why do they exist, all those kinds of questions. And um, so... I wanted to start off really by asking both of you, um, well, what your roles are uh, at Reformed African American Network. I'm going to say RAN from here on out just to make it <laughs> yeah. easier. Um, RAN Network. Yeah, yes. RAN Network. There you go. Okay, so I wonder if we could start off basically by just explaining uh, your roles um, at RAN Network. And I also wanted to hear from you, um, what did it look like when you were initially conceiving of this idea, this project? What did you have in mind? What are some of the goals? What do you want to achieve? Um, with what you're doing in the first place? My role uh, is I'm, a, I'm one of the co-founders and I'm the president of the Reformed African American Network. This is Jamar. This is Jamar, yes. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I, whatever. Um, so in 2011, I got invited along with some other Reformed black seminary students to Chattanooga to go see a church called New City Fellowship. Um, and that was at the invitation of Y. Plummer, who's the African American PCA uh, coordinator for he's the he's the PCA African American Ministry coordinator. Okay, and so he had been in touch with a guy at Covenant uh, who is African American. Said, "Listen, I love this theology. I love what I'm learning. But guess what? I grew up in a traditional Black Baptist church. I don't see no churches that look like mine. I don't hear the music. I don't. I don't hear the preaching. All that. There was a gap. There was a gap. And so Y said, "Listen, come on over to to Chattanooga. Visit New City, which is a multi ethnic, multicultural." Um, church that is reformed and you'll see that it is possible to have this kind of church. And so then uh, Y. Plummer talked to then Pastor Randy Neighbors who said, well, why don't you invite all the reformed black seminary students? There can't be that many. <laughs> and so through that, uh, me and another guy from RTS Jackson came up there and when we got up there, although I had never met these other students, we didn't know each other from anyone, it felt like a family reunion. Because we had so much in common, both theologically and culturally. So I walked away from that like, man, this was great. I wish there was a way we could do this on a more ongoing basis. And that's where the idea for the Reformed African American Network was birthed. And so I started it at my living room table with a Facebook page and invited all my friends to like it. And I think about 10 people actually did. (laughs) And it remained that way for a couple of months till I told Philip about it. And then the thing took off because he took over um, the Twitter and the social media aspect and he was able to make connections and network. And so for a year, all we did was social media, Mm -hmm. connect to other resources until uh, 2012 on October 31st, Reformation Day. Nice. We launched the website. And the milestone there is that that meant we could start producing original content. And so you'll see that on the website now in the form of blog posts, videos, podcasts. Uh, But we have three goals just real quickly. One is to provide biblical resources, mostly in the Reformed tradition. So if you're just getting into this stuff or want to learn more, you can go to our website and it's sort of one-stop shopping. We'll link to other ministries 
uh, colleges, podcasts, things of that nature, blogs. Uh, secondly, we want to create a network because if you're reformed and African-American, uh, you can feel like you're the only one sometimes. And there may not be many, but there's others out there. And so we want to link it up and create a hub on the web for that. And then thirdly, what we're most excited about is this idea of developing theology and community, which means reformed theology as it stands has a lot to offer. But it's been mostly, uh, you know, the books and the pastors and the churches are mostly by Western European, Anglo, white. And so they're asking certain questions of, of the Bible and of God and looking for those answers. And those are great. We can all learn from it. But also the African-American church tradition has a, has a lot to offer, too. So how can we put those two in dialogue and even have more voices? Because to the extent that we have a diversity of racial, ethnic, and cultural perspectives, that's the extent that Reformed theology will become even more robust, mm -hmm. even more comprehensive and applicable yeah. in different contexts. Hmm. Okay, well, that's really helpful. So, I mean, the website isn't even a year old at this point, right? No. No. Um, for those who are curious and want to find out what kind of articles are there, uh, what kind of content they're going to be receiving, um, Philip, do you want to tell us a little bit about what they're going to find in terms of articles? Sure. And also... Um, who you expect to go there? Like, who, who do you want to visit um, the site and, and why, I guess? So two, two questions there that yeah. are pretty broad. Yeah, uh, and I'll just introduce myself. I'm Philip Holmes, um, co-founder and vice president. But uh, the first question was um, what type of content you're going to find. But one of the key things that we want to do with the website, and I think Jamar touched on this, is address the core concerns of African-Americans. We're very thankful for Dr. Carl Ellis um, because he uh, gave us pretty much that slogan and said that if you really want to reach a people group, you address their core concerns. And what we do is we do that through the lenses of Reformed theology. Um, so, so a lot of the articles uh, that you see are pretty much going to be articles that are going to be pertinent to the African-American community. Oftentimes, as a minority group, um, the, the core concerns and questions of minority groups are often overlooked. Uh, not intentionally, but simply because uh, uh, Anglo um, brothers and sisters simply aren't aware. Uh, I was telling someone earlier today at the conference that, you know, as an African American, I don't think about, or, or neither, nor do I know, the core concerns and questions of my Latino brothers or my Asian American brothers and sisters. Um, so, so uh, you know, and 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 just to kind of explain the whole core concerns issue, make sure everyone kind of understands that. I, the best example that I have is usually in churches, you have like a men's ministry, a women's ministry, young adult ministry. And the reason why churches oftentimes think that these ministries are necessary is because they know that those uh, different uh, demographics have unique experiences. And, and in order for the church to effectively minister to those demographics, they feel as if they need to separate them, not to keep them separate, but to focus on them more. And so that's kind of, um, that's, so that they can be healthier in the broader and more diverse uh, community of the church. So that's what we seek to do with uh, African Americans, that we want to provide a resource site that deals with certain issues and certain questions that may not get addressed on the Desire and God blog site or a TGC uh, website. And, and as I stated earlier, that's okay. We understand why that, that takes place. So we want to put all these resources on one site and, and short, sort of be a not a one-stop shop, but definitely a starter to get a lot of these core concerns and questions addressed. So uh, a great example of the type of article that you will find uh, on our website would be uh, Hair and the Black Woman. This is always our go-to example because Trillia Nubel, uh, she's written for Desiring God. She's written for uh, the Gospel Coalition. Um, she wrote an amazing article about... Uh, 
man, I think it was six to seven months ago. Uh, and it went viral pretty much, at least for our site, <laughs> um, because uh, Pastor John saw it and loved it, fell in love with it. Um, but the site was basically dealing with um, black women and their identity when it comes to hair. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but that is a, a really difficult topic um, for uh, African-American women uh, to try to figure out what should I do with my hair, because hair is a big deal. Uh, in the African-American community. And what Trulia does in that article is she aims for the heart and she really gets women to see that, you know, nat- going natural uh, is not uh, the biblical way. Uh, using the perm is not the biblical way, but she aims for the heart. And she says, um, um, basically, uh, you need to ask yourself, why am I doing what, I, what I'm doing? Because the debate there is, is whether to artificially straighten exactly your hair to look more European, mm-hmm. which is you know sort of the cultural norm and standard of beauty, or yeah. let it grow natural, which mm-hmm. is often not straight. Yep. And what does that mean in terms of my identity? Yeah. Um, and then, but that's a theological question, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. was that keyed off of the HBO documentary Good Hair? Or was that what it's called? Actually, I think it was. Yeah. Okay. I think it, 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 that was actually, super interesting. Yeah, I think it was. I think Troya saw that, and and we were trying to think through core concerns and questions that. Um, people are asking, and we and, and hair came up. And Trillia, I think that was something that she wrestled with, and she felt like I need to share my story, and I need to talk about this. I mean, Abraham Kuyper uh, uh, has a famous quote, and I'm about to butcher it, but he talks about there is uh, not uh, one inch square inch of the earth that God looks at, or Jesus looks at, and says. Uh, uh, this is mine. He, every single inch, every single square inch, he looks at it and he says, this is mine. It belongs to me. So therefore, that applies to every square inch of our bodies, that Jesus cares about it. And he cares about how we steward it and, and what we do with it. So, we, you know, we've had some push. We had a little pushback on the second article that we did on her probably about four or five months later. And the guy was like, you know, come on, man, like you give me the theology. And, and I have to basically write an apology of why we're doing this, because God cares about the air. He cares about our whole being. He cares about every single thing that he cre- created. And, and we want to address those issues through this big God theology that is also known as Reformed theology. Okay, so, um, you know, if I can uh, key off of that, too, sure. um, it, not in like, like kind of a legalistic way, but the whole point is actually to be anti-legalistic because you're putting it into a theological context rather than mm-hmm. saying you should do this, you shouldn't mm-hmm. do that. It's more of like a heart issue. Absolutely. Okay. It's definitely a heart issue. I yeah. mean, the bigger point is among, you know, the majority, who's going to write about that? And yet it's something if, if you... You know, he was a bunch of guys talking about black women's hair. You know, what do we know? But I'm married to a black woman, and and I know that that, that it, it, it's it's frequently on her mind. And how do you use this robust theology that we call reformed, which is just biblical, and and answer those questions? And so core concerns deal with life defining, life controlling issues. And so uh, if if we're if we're set in one culture's um, perception of, of core concerns, then we're only going to ask those questions. We're only going to address those issues. Mm-hmm. So we just want to say, look, other groups have different um, questions that they're asking, different issues they're wrestling with. And how does the Bible speak to that? 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's a good segue into um, the the second question, which relates to uh, the audience that you would like um, to read these articles. And so, for the the white pastor who's in Marietta, Georgia, just pastoring a local congregation, um, and they come to the site and, and see an article on black women's hair, mm-hmm. what what do you want them to get out of either that article or other similar articles? Better um, hair, of course. Yeah, yeah, better <laughs> hair, hair care. Yeah, right as Pastor John said, hey, this is good for an old bald white man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's that's a loaded question, and um, it depends no. on all the individuals who are going to be yeah. looking at it and taking it into their own context. But um, I guess you know the bottom line question is: um, for a black person, what are they going to get out of it? For a white person, what are they going to get out of it in terms of how you see it? All right. That's, I'm, I'm glad you framed it that way. Uh, I can work with it that way. For for a black person, they're going to get. Um, a lot of the questions and core concerns that they have addressed, we've already kind of covered that. Um, they're also going to get exposed. So let's say it's someone from uh, a small town, uh, maybe, or from a city who has only been um, exposed to a certain type of preaching, a uh, certain type of pastors. They've never heard of, and they stumble up on the Reform African American Network. Not only are they going to first see Reform theology that's being communicated by African Americans, so this is not going to come off as a white man's theology. That's, that's, that's actually more important than some people want to admit. But then also they're going to get exposed to their brothers uh, um, cross-culturally like a John Piper or uh, like a Tim Keller or like a Ligon Duncan. And they're going to get exposed or R.C. Sproul and so forth. And they're going to get exposed to these guys and see that, yeah, this is the Reform African American Network, but the end goal is a multi-ethnic vision for the church. That, that's really what, what we seek to do. Uh, and moving forward to a, uh, also, and they're going to be provided a platform as well. We have an open source website that um, individuals who, as long as they are addressing or speaking through the lenses of Reformed theology, they are more than welcome to uh, submit an article. Uh, so we actually have a page, unlike most websites, that says, if you want to submit an article, here are some topics, and this is what you need to do, and we will consider your article uh, for publishing. Uh, every article that comes through won't get published. Um, but if it's good and you have something to say, uh, we will uh, most likely publish it. And then second, secondly, for a white person that's coming to our website, um, you know, we've been at the Desiring God website, and I ain't a lot of whole black folk, whole lot of black folk at the C.S. Lewis Desiring God conference. So a lot of people would ask, well, why, why are you here? Well, that's, that's important because our website is not just for black folk. Oftentimes you're tempted to look at the Reform African American Network and pass on by and say, that's not for me, can't be for me, because obviously... My pigment uh, <laughs> is not that dark. Uh, but actually it is. Uh, a few reasons. Jamar has already talked about how more voices in, inside of Reformed theology makes the theology more robust. So people from every tribe, tongue, and nation uh, need to be speaking into and, and need to be a part of this conversation. That's the whole principle of developing theology in community. Um, but secondly, we also want to equip cross-cultural relationships. Um, so we have a lot of pastors and church planners, man, uh, white, white guys who are emailing us all the time. And they're saying, thank you so much for this website. Like you are, you guys are giving me so much insight that I never would have gotten, or I would have been afraid to ask some of these questions and try to figure these, some of these things, some of these things out. You guys are kind of giving me a head start as I begin to love my neighbor, my African-American neighbor better and more effectively. And I can go in without offending them because I'm aware. I'm blacks, and let me say this, blacks are not monolithic. 
meaning we are a diverse group of people. We are dynamic. Uh, we have different views. So you're not going to be able to come to our, find, our, our website and find out, you know, what people, uh, what all black people think. Uh, you, you, you know, you, you actually see as you read articles that there are diversity of voices. But what you will get is a, uh, a, a small experience of our unique experience and some of the questions and concerns that we have. And, and you'll see different people wrestling through those concerns. Okay, that's really good. Um, I want to go to a question that involves what it's like from your perspective to uh, take Reformed theology into the African-American church at large. Um, but I also want to uh, run a little bit with what you said earlier and address, for some of our listeners who may be unfamiliar with concepts like uh, white privilege and microaggression and those kinds of things, um, can you help us uh, really – can you bring us into your world and some of your experiences? And when you look at um, the white-dominant PCA-type churches, um, what's been your experience and um, where would you like to see it go based on the work that you're doing? I see a lot of goodwill in, in PCA churches. Um, Obviously, it, the PCA is, is majority white, and so the churches that you go into are going to be white by and large. Uh, but what I've experienced in the PCA is, is brothers and sisters who want diversity and who are open to learning and are asking questions. There are some here and there, just because we're human, who, who aren't that open, um, and there's been some negative experiences that people can talk about. Um, for myself, I've had very positive experiences overall uh, and in general. Um, I think what, what, we're, what we're encountering is a lot of people who want to see change in terms of the, the demographic makeup of it, but they just don't know how. They don't know how, and that's what Philip was talking about a little bit earlier. We want Rand to be somewhat of a fishbowl so that if you are thinking through these things, if you're concerned about cross-cultural ministry and multi-ethnicity, here's a one spot at least where you can get some perspectives that maybe you just don't have access to generally. Um, what was the second part of your question? Uh, well, yeah, just generally wanting to help those who are outside of um, what experiences you guys have had to just get a little bit of a taste of, um, yeah, your, your world and, and yeah. what, you're, what you're dealing with. I'll speak a little bit to that. I think... Um, what most of our white brothers and sisters, it would be um, helpful for them to um, take a step back um, and, and, you know, just being honest, having an honest conversation. There's tension. There's historical tension between blacks and whites in America that's uh, quite unique. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be a dynamite topic. I mean, one little small thing and suddenly tempers are high. Absolutely. Absolutely. So first, I think it would be helpful um, for um, our brothers and sisters to say, take a step back and realize that they are the majority culture. <laughs> that everywhere that they go, that they are, they can usually find people that look like them. Um, and, 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 and they don't, and the reason why they don't see color is because everybody looks like them. Uh, they, don't, they don't wake up in the morning and think, I'm, I'm a white person. They just think, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an American. You know? <laughs> and it transcends the particular. It transcends the particular situation, right? So even where it, they might go to a black church and be the minority in that building, yeah. But in the broader culture, you're still the majority. That's Absolutely. right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It Absolutely. follows you no matter what your situation. Absolutely. And there are, um, and I, I'll speak for me personally. There are insecurities oftentimes um, that, because you, you you know how 
you are portrayed in uh, the larger culture and the media. Uh, you know that people tend to sadly, instead of going to relationships, they go to TV uh, to, to figure out and try to get to know and understand people. Uh, and the portrayal of African Americans through um, national media, I think, is, is quite flawed. Uh, Anthony Bradley has a article where he talks about how uh, African Americans and blacks are often used as mascots for uh, progressivism. The Jezebel article is that what? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that is Who's the same. The Miley, one. Miley Cyrus one. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All her backup dancers were mm-hmm. black, you know. Yeah, props. Yeah. So, uh, and I think he does a good job with that. So, oftentimes, you know, as a black guy, I often use this uh, this, this illustration that. When I enter into a room, I feel like oftentimes, especially when I'm outside of the PCA, when I'm in the PCA, I can kind of really quick, you know, boost my clout, if you will, by saying I'm a, I'm a student at RTS Jackson and I'm a member of PCA church. And all of a sudden, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, there's no more, all the skepticism goes out of the one for the, the club, most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, I'm more than in the club. I'm actually like, I'm a minority of minorities. <laughs> like, people are excited about me, you know, all yeah. of a sudden. Uh, but when I'm outside of those circles, uh, and I'm just hanging around people who who don't know anything about that world. Oftentimes, they I, I feel like I have to uh, prove that I'm fully human in a sense. I tend to start off uh, well. Most people start off at five neutral. I don't know you. You don't know me. But I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I kind of start off at zero, and it's just like, all right, are you okay? You know, and and, and and some of that could be my insecurities, and I'm willing to admit that. Um, but I think there is some truth to that. That blacks. When they're entering, oftentimes into broader culture, they start off as uh, guilty until proven innocent. Where whites go into the room and they're innocent until proven guilty. Mm. Yeah, and I, I echo and amen everything Philip said. Um, one of the things that that I I have to keep reminding myself is that this isn't a sociological phenomenon purely, yeah. right? Like this is a core implication of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody recently put it to me in a way that was very memorable. When Paul is addressing the, the the conflicts between Jews and Gentiles in Galatians, what he's doing, among other things, is saying like that these racial and ethnic divisions are central to what the gospel changes and transforms and redeems. It's not. It's not the gospel itself, but it's a central implication. And so that means that having um, diversity and seeking the other and, and loving the other well mm-hmm. is not a, a nice to have. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not an elective. It's, it's a core uh, requirement, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. so when, when we say, you know, we have healthy ministries, but we're in an environment that we've got ministries that don't reflect uh, the demographics of the community, or, or at least trying to, to achieve that, we have to ask ourselves, is it really a healthy ministry mm-hmm. if this is so core to, to what the gospel does? Um, so so it, it's important to recognize that, number one, you know, uh, this is a gospel issue, not just a sociological one. This, yeah. is, this is part of being Christian, yeah. you know? And then number two is saying, if it is part of being Christian, then we can't treat it as if it is margin mm-hmm. and optional and optional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, again, white people are just as dynamic. Uh, so you're going to get different responses from uh, different people. Uh, you have some people like as Jamar has stated, that think um, doing interacting cross-culturally is an option. Uh, so I had a guy recently tell me, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell my friend about uh, you guys, this ministry. He's real, in, he's real in, interested in that cross-cultural stuff. 
Um, that's his thing. That's a yeah. That's I have thing. a guy who has a hobby in that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Instead of seeing, and, and I think what is important for people to understand is we're not people that are saying you know if your church is um, not multi ethnic, uh, you're going to hell, or or that even diversity is the um, trumps the gospel. Uh, that's not the case. Actually, uh, diversity is a natural outpouring of the gospel being preached and being preached faithfully and holistically. Um, if it's, if it's, if the gospel first and foremost, um, is, is, is vertical in your relationship with God, but secondly, it's horizontal. Jesus, uh, was very intentional about this when he called us to love God and love our neighbor and the gospel empowers us to love God and love our neighbor. Uh, because Jesus came to reconcile us not only, uh, to God, but also to each other as well. And you cannot separate those two. So oftentimes we ignore the love of your neighbor or our neighbor. We try to do what the good Jews do, what the good Jews did in, in Jesus' parable. Oftentimes our neighbor are conveniently the people that we want them to be. And our neighbors are not always the people that we cross, uh, uh, that we cross paths with. Um, so I think, it's, I think it's very important for uh, us to understand that the gospel should affect both. Well, that's good. And so when when you're interacting um, in the broader African-American community that may or may not be reformed, um, have you guys had interactions in how you're perceived in, in that group? Um, in, in broader churches, um, has there been support, um, questions? What, what's that like? There's a ripple effect, I think, that we're hoping for in the African-American community. Um, we always say... Uh, we have we have multi- multiple constituencies that we're trying to address through the Reformed African American Network. Core to that are, are African Americans who self-identify as Reformed. Mm-hmm. So these yeah. are folks who are who are black and they know they're Reformed and they're looking for something like Rand. They're looking for multi-ethnic churches. They're looking for more of these resources. And so when we encounter them, it's like, oh, thank I'm, I thank God for your ministry. I've been waiting for something yeah. like this. Um, we're also there, uh, as we've said before, for white brothers and sisters from the majority or from any other culture who want to learn more about you know, African-Americans and you know, sort of what we're thinking, things we're, how we're processing things through the gospel. Um, and beyond that, it's, 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 it's Christians, you know, it's, it's anybody. And so when we encounter you know, sort of broadly evangelical African-Americans, the older generation, maybe 35, 40 and up, Oftentimes, if they've heard of Reformed theology, there's some sort of negative connotation, mm-hmm. usually attached to culture, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the white man's tradition. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, them folks own slaves, you know? Right, right. Uh, and, so, and so there's some of that there. As if the other guys didn't. And that, that's always yeah, really interesting exactly. to me. And Reformed guys, we, they, they get a hard time, but that's uh, a good point. people don't see that. You know, it wasn't just Presbyterians and Reformed folk. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, yeah. And then the younger crowd, um, they're they're almost completely ignorant of it. Mm-hmm. They haven't heard of reform. They don't have a context for it. And so there, it's it's sort of a different interaction with them. It's introducing them to what what we mean by being biblical, as we try to explain reform theology is simply being biblical. I said, oh, I'm biblical too. Okay, well, let's flesh that out a little bit. You know? yeah. Yeah. And so um, it's, it's, it's been a, a really interesting experience. Philip put this to me once very powerfully. He said, for, for those folks who don't have a context yet for Reformed theology, for some of them, 
if they're African-American, the Reformed African-American Network will be their first exposure to Reformed theology. And so we're actually already changing and creating paradigms for people who, who don't have a context for it in, in, I hope, really positive ways. And that's a lot of responsibility, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he's at the helm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and um, so for other brothers, uh, for example, in the Latino community or Asian community, um, how would you encourage them with some of the um, lessons that, you, that you've learned? What can you bring to the table to maybe... Um, in other contexts, uh, continue this type of um, these types of projects. Yeah, I, I would encourage them to um, do the same. Uh, the, actually, there are some Asian brothers already doing. There's a uh, it's called Carl. It's uh, something Asian Reform uh, Leaders okay. um, um, Coalition Council. Yeah, Council for uh, Asian and Reform uh, Leaders. It's called CARL. I know that's the acronym. Okay. Uh, Dr. Bradley actually uh, put me on it. And, you know, uh, but those guys aren't going to get a lot of questions. So so I, I would encourage them to do the same. I would encourage them to speak and be a part of the conversation. We need to hear um, when they read scripture uh, and as they're operating uh, out of the tradition of the Protestant Reformation, Sola Scriptura, uh, the five solas, and, and so forth. And as, they, and, and as they're writing theology, we want to hear what they have to say as well. Uh, if there was a, um, a Latino website or other websites that were doing what we were doing, I would uh, happily promote them and encourage even African Americans to read those too. Uh, you need to hear from, if it's available, diversify your library. And this is not, you know, people, we're, we're very um, skeptical. Reform folk in general, I think, are skeptical uh, because we want to guard that theology. Uh, and, and I understand that. Uh, we we want to keep heresy out of the church. We want to maintain the purity of the church and the theology uh, the theology that we preach uh, and then how we live our lives. But at the same time, we can't be so uh, skeptical where anytime people are talking about issues that have been tagged, social issues, uh, we push that away and say, I'm not going to engage that because I don't want to become a heretic. Well, that seems like they're trying to bring social issues into the church when, in fact, these are gospel issues. Um, so, 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 yeah, I, I would encourage those brothers, those other minority communities to read RAN and then also uh, produce material as well. And it may not look like, you know, a RAN website, uh, per se. It may not be Reform Mexican uh, Network or anything <laughs> like that, but uh, produce material, produce content. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your voices because... You can get started on RAN. Yeah, and, 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 <laughs> you know, an open source network. So, please, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, and on that, um, you guys are looking for writers, right? I mean, um, content-wise, uh, there's always something going on. Um, how can people get in touch with you um, if they have questions on either what you're doing or want to submit or something? And um, what kind of topics are, are you looking for people to submit to, um, both uh, dealing with these issues and also just theology is theology? Um, what, what are you looking for? Well, uh, go to the website www.rannetwork.org and if you go to the contact us tab uh, it says write, write for us or, or submit okay. and, and you, it's got all the guidelines it's even got su suggestions for topics there and so although we address cultural issues a lot because we're still trying to wrestle through these theologically in, in, in a reformed uh, tradition uh, that's not all we address and so all of life is fair game as long as you're approaching it from a Christian standpoint, a reformed standpoint. And so we want to hear about everything from, 
you know, the, the latest album review of, the, of a Christian hip hop, uh, uh, label or to, you know, uh, your morning routine and how you meditated on God, you know, whatever it might be. So, it, so it, it's all fair game. Um, we, we really do believe that anybody who's trying to live out the gospel in their context is in a sense doing theology. So we want to hear what God is teaching you. And absolutely. And we also want more uh, theological works as well. I was talking to a dear brother uh, who's at Westminster, who's here with us, and uh, he was just pointing out the fact that uh, what would also be helpful is just uh, theological treaties on various issues from Reform uh, African-American brothers. Uh, that would be really helpful. Um, so um, we're also looking for guys who simply just want to um, write some reflections on their thoughts on God's holiness mm-hmm. or the Trinity and so forth. Man, all of that would be encouraged and welcome. That's great. Um, maybe final question for me, unless we get on a, another tangent, which is very easy. Um, <laughs> we're, we're Reformed Forum. You guys are Reformed African American Network. Um, have you seen the Reformed part of who you are be a hindrance in, in reaching out to people? Um, what does that look like in your experience? Um, feedback on that? And um, I guess, yeah, your, your thoughts on why you put that in the title. Yeah, uh, Jamar actually pushed me on this early on. Um, there, I, I had kind of drank the Kool-Aid that um, you could not use the label Reformed or African American and uh, still be effective. And uh, he convinced me early on that uh, we would be able to do this. Um, and then I jumped on um, after I saw his reasoning and realized that we would be, really be able to um, do some really good things as far as, and you know, I'll use this. This is more of a marketing term, but rebranding uh, reform theology so that it's not just seen as a, a white old white guy type thing that you do um, theological tradition. So, so yeah. So that there's there's a there's a trend that's out there where guys are really wanting to say, well, I'm biblical. Uh, and Dr. Bradley again, I uh, love that brother, but um, he uh, he dealt with this about how all tribes think that they're biblical. Uh, so I think that words like reform are helpful because uh, it gives people uh, something to go to and it, 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 it talks about a distinction. And it's also historically rooted in uh, the history of the church uh, and in our journey since uh, the Protestant Reformation. I think that's very important. Then uh, just assuming that, you know, I can't reach urban or young people because reform, uh, using the word reform is a hindrance. Jamar has kind of addressed that. But one example, man, there's a college ministry in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, and it is called Reformed University Fellowship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a ministry of the PCA, uh, and it is on a historical black campus. Um, and a lot of people, you know, were sort of skeptical if that ministry would be able to thrive on that campus, and the Lord has blessed it tremendously over the years. I worked for the ministry for three years, and uh, week after week, about 200 students. Uh, it's the biggest college ministry on campus uh, at Jackson State University. Um, and it was a blessing to be a part of for three years. The brother who's leading it, Elbert McGowan, is a uh, African-American brother uh, who's doing great work on the campus. Uh, and, and we have discovered that um, being reformed uh, is, is not a, a hindrance, it's not a stumbling block, uh, because people see that the word is being preached faithfully. They see that students are being pastored. Uh, they see that local churches uh, who tend to um, associate themselves with the title of reform are uh, faithfully preaching the gospel and shepherding their people. 
Um, so uh, in those guys' eyes, it doesn't, you know, they're probably not in love with the name in, in, in the sense that they go around and say, hey, I'm a reform. Uh, but uh, it's definitely not a hindrance in any way. Mm. Yeah. I just wanted to cover the the basics. I know uh, our listeners are, are going to find a lot more in terms of content and um, enough to keep them reading and occupied for quite a while. So I, I definitely encourage um, people to visit the site. And the site's uh, URL, again, is? www.raanetwork.org. Good. Yeah. And we'll, we'll put a link to that in the episode description as well. But really want to thank you guys for talking about it. Um, I hope I hope people visit and um, yeah, and, thanks and, for. And as people visit, interact with us, man. Don't don't uh, read read an article and walk away, um, but really interact. Uh, and if you want to engage certain conversations that we have on the website, we encourage you to submit an article. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, leave a comment or even yeah. uh, social media helps. If you like an article, tweet it, uh, post it on your Facebook page. Where, to the extent that we can build a platform, we say Ran is not the voice; we're the microphone. Yeah, absolutely. So what, we want, what we want to do is expose a large number of people to these very godly men and women walking through life and thinking through these things. So to the extent that others know about it, that's uh, the extent that these voices will be heard. So, yeah. and, I, and I'll say this last thing. If you are passionate about seeing a, a movement uh, of reformed theology in the African American community, we talked about this briefly, uh, just realize that literature and media is very important. Uh, uh, so share this content um, with your friends, uh, share it, and, and let people know that we're out there. Uh, literature and media really drives movement, and I can cite the Protestant Reformation with Martin Luther and the Printing Press uh, and various other, even the Young Restless and Reform Movement. It's been sparked because of ministries like uh, the Gospel Coalition, uh, Desiring God, uh, Ligonier Ministries, Grace to You with John MacArthur, and, and, and on and on, the resurgence and on. It's all being sparked by literature and media, so... Uh, this is what we're trying to do in the context of African-Americans. Good. Yeah. Maybe um, at some point we'll have you guys back on and um, get an update on what are some of the new articles coming out. But uh, Jamar, Philip, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having Thank us, Jerry. We appreciate you, brother. God bless you.